So the ginger nut biscuits inferior cousin Prince Harry has declared war on misinformation, according to, well, himself, presumably, and Steerpike in The Spectator. Um, she opens with the obligatory uh, sort of journalistic opening where everything's going to shit. Um, I thought I thought Harry was the ginger nut biscuit. Well, no, because ginger nut biscuits are actually quite nice. Good point. Yes, no, no. He is he is equivalently ginger, but inferior in substance. Exactly. Um, which pillar of integrity, says Steerpike, can save us from the morass and rescue our crumbling polity? Again, obligatory journalistic uh, rhetoric here in the first paragraph. Uh, Eco-warrior, occasional podcaster, ethical banker, uh, oxymoron, I should think, and interminable speech giver. Yeah, not quite happy with that turn of phrase either. Interminable speech giver. Presumably she means the speeches are interminable. Um, yes. A bit ambiguous there. But again, I'm nitpicking. I probably care too much about the English language. No, actually, I don't care enough. And that's why I don't like most journalists. Uh, there are many hats now worn by the dilettante Duke. And today it was the turn of Commissar Harry to adopt his Ushanka. <laughs> I don't know what that means. In his role as a it's member. A, of... It's a funny Russian hat, I think. Oh, is it? I'm sure. Yeah, Kyle in South Park wears a Ushanka. I'm sure it's a Russian hat. It's like, it's like a deer hunter hat. I'm going to I'm going to look it up right now. Yes, you're right. It's the Russian hat with the with the ear with the ear gloves. Okay. Not the um, Soviet hat that people like I'm, Jeremy Corbyn wear. I think yeah, it's a bit of a stretch here. I I should think. Um, in his role as a member of the Aspen Institute's OLSC Commission on Information Disorder. And when I read that, I was reminded of um, Vladimir Nabokov's um, short story, uh, originally titled Invitation to a Beheading. And um, either someone pointed out to him or he realized that that simply wouldn't do because you've got the two suffixes there, S-T-I-O-N. It just sounds horrible and euphonious. So he changed it to um, uh, Invitation to a Beheading as opposed to Invitation to an Execution. Um, so... Yeah, hideous title, hideous job role that Harry's got himself here, that the Commission on Information Disorder, um, as if it were medical or, or something. The Institute has concluded a six-month study into an avalanche. It's always an avalanche, isn't it? Or a tsunami of misinformation online, with the 37-year-old prince setting out 15 demands on his foundation website, Archiewell, for how to deal with this problem. Luckily, because it's on Archiewell, no one will read them. So who is he making demands of? And, and how does he expect them to understand what his demands are if he publishes them Archiewell, which, which I don't think a single person is. There was a poll of British, certainly of the UK public, saying on Archiewell, saying like, how interested are you in listening to a podcast from Harry and Meghan? And something like 80% said either not at all interested or not very interested. I'd be I'd be uh, very, very interested myself because <laughs> I think it would provide me with hours of entertainment. <laughs> Maybe we should do a show on that, just listening to Archiewell podcasts, which I think oh. is the only reason anyone watches them. It's just hate watching at this point. Be wonderful. No, I don't. I don't hate them. I, I actually I, I pity them. Genuinely, I <laughs> pity, pity watching. them. Pity watching. <laughs> Excuse the uh, notification noise there. Um, so, yeah, we've got uh, the, the report calls for, uh, quote, increasing social media transparency and disclosure um, with suggested solutions. Always solutions. 
always solutions that the left wing, you know, I'm, I'm not berating the left to court here. I, there's much about the left I admire, but it, it, it does seem to be a thing on the left. Solutions are needed. Solutions, 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 uh, including community-led methods. Again, community-led, what the hell does that mean? For improving civic dialogue. Dialogue is the favorite replacement word for talking or conversation. None uh, of this means anything. It, no, it doesn't, exactly. Community-led, what? Community-led methods for improving civic dialogue. And so, resisting imbalances of information power. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, he also says, as my, one of my favorite bits, uh, Harry is quoted as labeling the mis- and disinformation crisis. And um, I looked up in the Oxford English Dictionary the, the difference between misinformation and disinformation, and there isn't one, really that they are more or less totally synonymous well there was an attempt to define them in, in a modern context because you know the words were inadequate to our modern needs and i'm sure there was an attempt to define disinformation as misinformation actively peddled misinformation and deliberately peddled and misinformation was disinformation in <laughs> undeliberately peddled so disinformation is i think in the modern parlance is supposed to convey intent whereas misinformation is just lies I think sloppy sloppy journalism in other words most journalism is actually disinformation but when it's just sloppy it is misinformation well either way apparently it's think... a global humanitarian issue <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure it is not some of us but all of us T to be honest the, the lack of wine in my drinks cabinet as i speak is a global humanitarian issue uh, as far as i'm concerned it's a more pressing um, for me, yes, far, far more Someone pressing. Set up a GoFundMe account. He hopes to see Geldof back. Do live. Oh, God no. Uh, Prince Harry hopes to see substantive and practical recommendations of our commission taken up by the tech industry, the media industry, by poly policymakers and leaders. Um, and he wants to hold super spreaders of mis and disinformation to account with clear, transparent and consistently applied policies that enable quicker, more decisive actions and penalties commensurate with their impacts. Again, it's just it's completely meaningless jargon. There's but a sort the of most, irony, um, just very briefly, there's, there's an yes. irony because in the one hand, it's the quite, I mean, it is Orwellian in, in two senses because the use of deployment of the word super spreaders there is a conscious one. I mean, that's a relatively, again, it's a very modern word. It's designed to draw an equivalence with the virus, the coronavirus. And it, it's supposed to convey this sense that it's a, it's almost a public health emergency, as everything now is, according to the left. Um, and that, that itself is quite disgusting. But the thing is, care has been taken there to try and, you know, it, that, that's a propaganda technique, but at least some care and attention has been paid to making it appeal. Um, but it's couched then in the rest of that paragraph, which is meaningless. So it loses all of its effect. Its effect is, which is good, because its effect is just sinister and, and not very pleasant. Um, but it doesn't even have the sun. It's not even efficiently evil. It's just, it's PR evil. Well, the PR is an evil in, a, in, an, in, an, in and of itself. Um, but of course, as Steerpike correctly describes as, as delicious or with with delicious timing here um, the, the report comes just five days after prince harry's wife megan was forced to admit to a british court that she had made a misleading or is that disleading statement in her privacy case against well, the, the court, publishers the court of the mail on sunday to, um, the court is going to have to hear 
on whether it was deliberate or accidental. So at the moment, we we can't call it uh, disinformation. At the moment, the, the presumption of innocence dictates we call it misinformation. Although the bouquet of evidence she provides, like for instance, I think we, we cover this briefly in a different video, but the, the fact that she denied knowledge of all, you know, of it being leaked, and she said she hadn't sent it to anyone else. And then she said that she had, in fact, sent it to her book publishers and the book publishers had sent it on someone else. And then the text that came out with her communications manager when she said, I've worded it in this particular way. So if it is leaked, it will have maximum impact. It will, to quote her, pull on the heartstrings, which sort of gives the impression it's disinformation, not misinformation. And it, it, that came about at the time when Harry was complaining about the use of the word Megxit and calling that a campaign of lies and disinformation by the, the sexist, misogynistic media. Perfect timing is ever from from the, uh, the the most cognitively inbred member of the modern house of uh, modern, modern house of Windsor is in that he can talk about he does he talks about this in the very week his wife has been found to have at least accidentally misled the court of law um, and since we're not a court of law I think we can make suppositions and my supposition would be that she deliberately did. Yes. Um, well, you mentioned the bouquet of evidence there. Um, that is, I believe, an exclusively French legal um, concept. Um, so whether whether the um, bouquet in this instance will be enough for her to face any kind of legal repercussions, although I doubt it, uh, I I don't know. Uh, but just um, as, a, as, as a broader, more general point, I'm not one of these people who, despite quite liking um, constitutional monarchy at, at least or at least in the British context um, I'm not one of these people who think it terribly important to have a very entrenched opinion on Meghan and Harry you know it, it just it's it, I find so much of the culture war topics to be quite trashy to be honest of course yeah but i would be quite happy to um, but nev nevertheless, no nev nevertheless nev if nevertheless shut up exactly exactly like, my as point. long as they're going to keep speaking and they're going to keep intruding themselves and using their position to do that and to make political points and to take essentially the free press to court to try and silence the very principle of a free press then we have to take them seriously well, if they that's, want to be that's exactly my point privacy yeah that they say they wanted when they left the royal family in the name of privacy before signing their multi-million dollar Spotify deals and starting a podcast and going on Netflix and becoming bankers and giving speeches before everyone in the name of privacy. If they want their privacy, shut up. Yeah, yeah. Problem solved. I, I, I know of people, I, I don't know, pers know them personally, but I know of people who, who have wanted that life um, of, you know, privacy essentially and uh, well, edward the um gone which off only married uh, married nancy married miss simpson um seventh philip the seventh uh yes no ever the eighth ever the eighth i um, mean but he sort of did that in the name of privacy and actually to his credit <laughs> as, as creditable as one can be when going off with nazi sympathizers um he did actually by and large keep out of the public life he did actually live as a private citizen after that um megan could actually learn some lessons from the most disastrous and thankfully short-lived of our modern monarchs yes i mean you've hit upon the the crux of the matter i mean it's the blatant hypocrisy um you you couldn't get a, a clearer case of it if, if you if you wanted one it, it's it's the hypocrisy of saying to the world um we want to leave this institution which is by necessity in the public eye 
and it's, it baffles me that she claims not to have anticipated that um, so that we can live in total privacy and raise our chickens and write children's books while at the same time signing book deals and going on Oprah and all the rest of it. You pick, pick one, for God's sake, pick one. I genuinely wish them happiness. Honestly, I, I do. I, I want them to be happy. Um, no, I'd quite like I, if they were unhappy. I, I do want them to stop lecturing the rest of us um, as if they were moral exemplars of any kind. That's that's my that's my rather banal take on it, I'm afraid. No, I, I think to the extent that they're trying to be political figures, to make a political impact, that they're campaigning deliberately against fundamental liberal values like freedom of speech and freedom of the press, and are doing so in hock with the rest of their Hollywood buddies, and that Meghan is reportedly eyeing up and putting in more and more work now, um, planning an attempt at the presidency in 2024, um, then no, they deserve to be as unhappy as the public can possibly make them. Oh, it's she'll come apart if she runs for president. She'll come apart because <laughs> she she is she's manifestly stupid. Um, not to to sound too cruel about it, but she is manifestly stupid. She doesn't know anything about anything. Um, and if she, I, I can just picture her now on the debate stage of some primary or something, uh, early stage, of course, um, being asked questions about you know debt and GDP and China and and national security and immigration and just just coming completely unstuck. That's assuming that so much of that depends on who she's running against. So th this is assuming that she gets the Democrat nomination. Though, and she, I think if Joe Biden were to drop dead or just Carl drop Kitt. out, one of yeah. the two, Carkett just, you know, his brain too much ice cream. disappears completely, um, goes into a sugar coma or whatever, then there'll be a primary process and she'll have to run against a load of other grabbing, grifting morons like Kamala Harris. Pete Buttigieg will inevitably be running, I think. Um, Beto O'Rourke, who we should definitely do a, another video on, has announced he's running for governor of Texas, but there's nothing to stop him deciding he wants to run for president again. Is that, and in the primary process, though, the media won't quite be so united on her side as they would if she were the presumptive nominee or the nominee already. If it were her just running, if she'd got the nomination, she were running as the Democratic presidential candidate, then the media would do what they did with Joe Biden, and probably more uh, sycophantically, they would all be on side. And Annoyingly, a lot of her manifest deficiencies which wouldn't be called into question. Um, and so so we might not get as enjoyable a process as we think we would. As soon as she got into a debate stage, she would fall apart. As soon as she got into the country, she would hopefully fall apart because her entire popularity is based on a really small, really exclusive New York-based metropolitan celebrity set, which, the, which does not have values which align with the rest of the country. So if she were put before the country, she might come apart then. Donald Trump wanted to run. He said that publicly. He said he doesn't like her as a person, but he really hopes she'll run. And I have to agree with him. Yeah. I, I, um, I was, one of my favorite authors described Donald Trump as, um, oh God, I can't remember the exact words, but as um, an orange distillate of pure malice or something. I was a rather inventive way of describing him. And I, I am inclined to agree um, insofar as Donald Trump, the person, is concerned, but the, I, I'm I'm loath to admit that he, the man does have a sense of humour. He does. He does. So I, I'm increasingly of the opinion, though, that anyone who deigns to run 
for any kind of political office, thereby demonstrates a fundamental flaw in character. Yeah, that, that was the thrust of Douglas Adams in, in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The, the summary of the summary he gives that on no account should anybody capable of getting themselves elected president be allowed to do the job. I completely concur. Completely concur.